0: Rooted Prayer Podcast, where we explore the new prayer movement that's awakening, fueled by the Lord's Prayer. And I'm your host, Sarah Maynard. Hello, everybody. Um, This is Episode 9 of Rooted Prayer, and today our topic is Your Kingdom Come. And the reason it is, is because today is the day of ascension. Today is the day in the church calendar where we recognize the the moment where Jesus actually ascended into heaven, ascended to his throne, ascended uh, to take up his his throne as King of Kings, as the King of Glory, as the ruler of heaven and earth, reigning over the nations with his scepter of righteousness. This is the this was the day where Jesus didn't just kind of fade out of view. He didn't just kind of float up into the clouds, never to be seen again, but he he rose to take his throne. He he stepped into this place of of carrying all authority in heaven and earth. Um, the day in which, in, in many ways, his unshakable eternal kingdom truly began. So, what an amazing day. But it is not just the day of ascension. It's also the day that the Great Commission was given. The day that Jesus uh, spoke to his disciples and uh, b- before he was to leave, gave them his, their final commission, what they were being required to do, what they were being asked to do, and what they were to disciple others to do throughout the nations. I'm just going to read you Uh, the Great Commission from Matthew, and then uh, some following on verses from Mark. So you can see the link between the Ascension and the the Great Commission. So this is Matthew 28, and starting at verse 16, it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, Uh, but some doubted. Okay, so that seems to be the, st- the situation today as well. Some, some will always doubt, it seems. But Lord, help us in our unbelief. <laughs> and so, so, verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So this is the commission that the church has. It was given in two thousand years ago and it remains today the great commission that we are to go into every nation, into every ethnos, into every demographic, into every region, and and preach the gospel of the kingdom. And when people believe, baptize them and train them, uh, disciple them so that they can multiply, that they can be fruitful and lead others to Christ, lead others into following him, knowing all of his ways and following him in closeness and in obedience in wholehearted love. So this is the Great Commission. What a wonderful blessing that we have, this commission. now. What happened after the Great Commission was given, Mark explains to us, and we see this in Mark 16, verses 19 and 20. So the Lord, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Wow. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. So... The, the church responded. the the disciples responded. Now, what what happens sort of in a, in a sort of intermediary way is that there is the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and you see this in Acts in the in the first two chapters, where Jesus says, "Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit is given to you," and so uh, Mark uh, is giving us like sort of a bigger picture in the sense that they went out and they preached but what happened before they went out and preached is that they were filled of the holy spirit because it says in in acts chapter 1 verse 8 that we will be we will receive the power to be his witnesses through the filling of the holy spirit and so that's a vital piece as well and that filling of the holy spirit meant that the lord was working with them by his spirit and confirming the message by accompanying signs. What a what a great day. Well today is a day that we mark historically and we you know reconsider these things, focus on these things, focus on these 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 aspects of our faith. Uh, but it's also a day where um, you know in, in more current days it's being picked up and marked by the church globally as a day to really uh, cry out for the kingdom of God to come, In uh, cry out in prayer, but also be um, mobilized in evangelism and step into uh, a real activation into this Great Commission. So I want to just bring to your attention a few of the things that are happening globally today and in the days to come that really um, illustrate that we are, are stepping into days and that we're participating in days that there's an activity in these days of god with us and drawing us into the fulfillment of this great commission uh, the anglican church globally uh, since 2016 have uh, initiated a, a 10 days of evangelism um, they call it the thy kingdom come initiative and so a great sort of alignment with this prayer. And they, they, this, this is an initiative between the day of Ascension, which is today and the day of Pentecost. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, obviously 10 days later. So 10 days of, um, of the church praying for the lost, praying for the harvest, praying for those that don't know Jesus, praying for those that are are uh, without faith and and praying that they would come to uh, a relationship with Jesus, they would come to follow him, to know him, to serve him. Um, and so 10 days of prayer, but also um, 10 days of proclamation and sharing the gospel in, in all kinds of different ways. Um, the Anglicans have focused a little bit more On the prayer side there's some other initiatives that are focusing a little bit more on the proclamation side so this is right from their website between the 10th and the 20th of may communities and churches around the world are gathering together to pray that their friends families and neighbors come to know jesus christ prayer events of all shapes and sizes will take place across the 10 days including 24 7 prayer rooms prayer days, prayer walks, half-nights of prayer, cathedrals, churches, and other venues will host beacon events which gather people from across towns and cities to worship and pray for the empowering of the Holy Spirit for effective witness. Now, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, says this, I cannot remember in my life anything that I've been involved in where I have sensed so clearly the work of the holy spirit there are 76 million anglicans worldwide and even if a fraction of those take up this call to prayer of your kingdom come in these days in these 10 days even if just a fraction of them pick up this call and pray it with faith that is going to have a massive impact on global evangelism that's going to have a massive impact Um, on the nations of this world but it's not just the Anglicans that have been activated in this hour there's a group called uh, the Global Outreach Day and this has been a a group that's I think it's been birthed out of Germany actually but it's been running for a number of years it's been tied in with YOM and the International House of Prayer and From their website, they say that the vision of the Global Outreach Day is for every believer to share the gospel on the last Saturday of May every year. So May 26th, which will be the last Saturday of May this year, is a day where they're um, activating the church, mobilizing the church into evangelistic initiatives one day a year where there's a great focus on evangelism and how interesting that it just comes days after 10 very intense days of intercession for the kingdom of God to come. And and using this prayer of your kingdom come as a prayer for evangelism. We're being set up for harvest. There is no two ways around this. We're being set up for a, a great ingathering of people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, there's a, a prophetic sense as well, and many people have been uh, alerted to the fact and very aware of the, the change that has come with Billy Graham's passing away. Billy Graham, um, one of the greatest evangelists of our generation, uh, passed away on February 21st of this year, at age 99. And there were many prophetic words from a wide variety of different prophets and leaders that um, carried the same essential revelation that when Billy Graham passed away, that there would be, in essence, a multiplication of his anointing uh, to many, even thousands. And thousands would step into a similar kind of anointing as Billy Graham, a similar kind of passion and effectiveness in sharing the gospel and bringing many, many, many to faith in Jesus Christ. That there would be a, um, a ripple effect of his life that it wouldn't be finished as he goes into the grave, but it would actually, there would actually be a multiplication of that anointing uh, of that mantle, if you like. And so there's been great faith around harvest increasing and many people coming uh, to faith in Jesus Christ. So as we zero in on this petition, praying for the kingdom of God to come and praying for it to come in, in, uh, in our settings, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. Um, let's look at the scripture a little bit and, and think a bit about what Jesus meant and what it meant in that day and what it meant in that context. Remember when Jesus used the word kingdom and talked about the kingdom of God, it, was, uh, it had some very real tangible meaning uh, in his context. This was a, a people, the, the Jewish people in Palestine, in Galilee, in Jerusalem, these were people who were under the rule of Rome. And it was in in essence, they were in the kingdom of Rome. They were living in this kingdom and they understood what it meant to be under a king, to be under an emperor, to be under one who was in charge, who ruled. It had some very real and tangible applications and ramifications in their lives. Sometimes today we talk about kingdoms and it's a very kind of intangible idea because we're primarily living in liberal democracies where we're in many ways, the people, the, the the majority is the king. We call the shots. But in Jesus' day it was different. The, uh, G- Caesar was was the emperor and he ruled with a with an iron fist with an iron, Um, iron rod on the people that there there was no uh, opposing him. There was no, well, I don't like what you're doing. I'd rather do it. You know, we're going to have a, we're going to have a protest. We're going to do it a different way. No, he, his, his rule was absolute. And so remember this when we, when we talk about, uh, you know, your kingdom come Lord Jesus, we're not talking about an oppressive reign and we're not asking for the rule of god to come in the same way that caesar ruled with oppression and tyranny we're asking for uh, the reign of god which is almost reverse the way that that uh, caesar ruled is a rule of love (coughs) excuse me love it's a rule where where god wins our hearts wins our loyalty wins our devotion and we want to serve him but but serve him we do and, and follow him we do. And remember that in, in the the idea of a kingdom, it means that we're called into, into total loyalty, fully surrendering to the authority of our king. Now, we do that in the kingdom of God out of love and delight and honor to serve Jesus. But we are coming into a place where we're recognizing his kingship. So... As we pray for the kingdom of God to come, what are we praying? We're asking for the gospel to be boldly proclaimed and lived, that we, his followers, would be ones that live out his kingdom, that we, that we don't just speak about it, but that our lives are in alignment, that we are, we are loyal and integral in all the different areas of our lives, to his kingship. So this is one of the things that we're asking for when we ask for his kingdom to come. We're also asking that we will have the same impartation of power to to preach the gospel that the early church did. Remember that the kingdom of God is not just words, but it is power. And we need that power for signs and wonders, for miracles, for healings for boldness, uh, so that we're not trembling and fearful of man, uh, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be His witnesses, to to testify of who Jesus is, the greatness of uh, of His resurrection, His teaching, the gospel, the cross, all of that. We need to, the power to be witnesses. We also pray that. Um, the gospel would be well received. And so as we pray for his kingdom to come, we're praying for those that are going to receive his kingdom. And we pray for them to to be softened by the Holy Spirit in preparation for that, that they would receive the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of Jesus with open, humble hearts, that there would be a, a hunger that would be stirred in people's lives so if you're praying for your community, uh, please pray that there would be a softening of hearts. It would be as if the Lord prepares the ground to hear the gospel. And then it's proclaimed in a clear, in an integral and a loving way that, that really is true to the scriptures, <clears throat> true to the essence of the gospel. And it's not brought in with any distortion or confusion. And then, when we think back to the Great Commission, of course, we when we pray for the kingdom of God to come, we're also praying that we wouldn't just be those that say, yeah, I'm in and raise our hand at an altar call or even just get baptized, but that we would follow through with that pledge to to surrender to Jesus and follow Jesus. And we would follow through with that, with the loyalty of our lives, that we would become not just hearers of the word, but doers, we would become his disciples, his followers. And this is is what his heart was when he gave us the great commission. He said, teach them to follow me, teach them to know me, teach them to be like you. And so there'd be a multiplication into the nations. So what a great day. To be praying the Lord's Prayer deeply and daily. And this is this has been kind of how we've been talking throughout this podcast of this of rooted prayer is encouraging everybody to pray the Lord's Prayer and to pray it deeply. What do we mean by that? Praying it deeply means uh, allowing each of the petitions of the prayer to be applied to our lives and allowing our cares our concerns our desires our intercession to flow through these petitions and so we expand them and allow them to fill our prayer lives so we want to pray the lord's prayer deeply and we want to pray it daily and it doesn't mean that there's this is a law but it's it's an encouragement to Build that regularity, that rhythm of prayer into your lives, and that—that's what develops your prayer muscles. Um, and so, so we want to encourage you to pray for the kingdom of God to come uh, in your in your setting, in your family, in your neighborhood. As we consider praying for many to come to faith, and we consider even this. Um, This great initiative by the Anglican Church, which, by the way, um, even though the Anglican Church started it, it has exploded into many, many, many other um, different denominations and networks and groups. And so it's no longer um, the property, if you like, of the Anglican church, they've initiated it, but it's taken on a life of its own by the power of the spirit. And Jesus has really been behind this. And so if you're saying, well, I'm not really Anglican. That's not really my thing. Um, don't feel as though you can't participate in the, in the, um, the, the wonderful thy kingdom come initiative. I want to just give you four different points on, um, praying for those that don't know Jesus and some of the ways that we want to do that. Some of the ways that we need to be, um, like sort of our, our our posture in prayer. I've kind of gone through a few of the prayer points, you know, things like asking that the gospel be boldly proclaimed, um, impartation of power, you know, I, just what I, what I just said. <laughs> I hope you were listening. Um, but what's our posture in prayer? There's a few things that we need as if we're going to be effective and if our prayers are going to really have impact. I think, firstly, that we need to have the heart of Jesus. You know, the most well-loved, perhaps most well-quoted verse in Scripture is John 3:16. 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's that love of God that needs to move us into prayer. We need to be filled with the compassion of Jesus, um, not coming at um, at prayer for for uh, those that don't know Jesus in in a, a posture of, well, we, they're they're the bad people, we're the good people, you know, just all that sort of self righteousness, um, and we want to get them on our team. It's not about that at all. It's about Really loving people and knowing that they need Jesus, they were made to have relationship with God, and they're never going to have the peace and the life and the healing and the joy in their lives that they were made for, the fulfillment that they were made for without Christ. And that there is a reality of heaven and hell. That is, that's not just a, a, you know, a a myth. Those are are real real issues. And so praying out of a place of compassion. Sometimes we have people in our lives who are are opposing our faith and it creates a friction with us. You know, perhaps some of their behaviors are things that are, are, are challenging for us. And so we can be tempted to pray for them to come to faith simply so that our lives would become uh, more pleasant, more peaceful. Perhaps you've got a, a neighbor that's play, playing really loud rap, crazy, violent rap music all hours of the day and you're thinking, boy, if they would just come to faith in Christ, then I'm sure their music tastes would change and that would be a good thing for my sake and I'd have a little more peace. No, we want to pray for people out of compassion, not out of our, you know, just wanting our lives to be better or more, you um, You know, you understand what I'm saying. I've kind of given you what I mean in that. Um, Okay, so compassion is first. Secondly, we want to pray in faith. When we pray for people, we need to actually believe that Jesus is still seeking and saving the lost and that he is actually very good at it, that he himself is called the savior of the world which doesn't just mean that he has made a provision for salvation, but that he is actually the most skilled evangelist. He's the most skilled at saving people. And so he is actively working in their lives already. And we put our faith in him who is able. And so no matter how hardened, how resistant, how um, seemingly impossible, the shifting of an individual's life and heart towards Christ is, we pray to the one who is able. Remember, he is the Lord of the harvest. Why is he the Lord of the harvest? Because he's he's the best at it. He's the most skilled, the most qualified. So we pray in faith, believing that Jesus is still seeking and saving the lost. And he's doing it really well. We're in days right now where we are seeing the greatest increase of numbers of christians internationally the greatest growth the greatest harvest if you like um than than ever before in the history of the church i know many of us most of us i'm sure live in north america and things are a little bit more challenging in some aspects here but in other parts of the world there is a incredible explosion of faith with people hundreds of thousands of people coming to faith in jesus christ every day so we need to pray in faith another another important point is that praying uh for unbelievers and praying for people to come to faith means that we actually have to have confidence in the gospel we have to believe in the gospel ourselves and i know that sounds kind of like crazy Uh, like, what do you mean believe in the gospel? Of course I believe in the gospel. Well, the reality is that we need to believe that the gospel works, that the gospel is able to save us from our sins and redeem all of our brokenness, not just wash uh, the stain of sin off of us or forgive us our sins, but actually save us from sin and transform our lives Think of the the um, the life of Paul, who was transformed from one who was like this violent ISIS uh, terrorist. That's kind of w- how he was living. He was this religious terrorist that was was persecuting the church and and um, you know dragging people into jails, seeing them murdered. He's transformed into this great apostle who would lay his lives down, life down for his brothers. Complete transformation. This is the gospel that we believe in. It it the gospel works. It doesn't just give us a way to manage our sin, or cope with our brokenness, but the gospel transforms us. The gospel of Jesus Christ transforms us. And so if we're praying for those to come to faith, we have to be praying with a confidence that the gospel that Jesus has given us actually transforms. So that's number three. The the fourth is that we persist. We knock and we keep on knocking. We seek and we keep on seeking. We ask and we keep on asking. You know, I think of the, the parable that Jesus taught of the, the woman who had lost a coin and how she turned the lights on and she's got the broom out and she's looking and she's looking and she's looking until she finds. And so I want to encourage you, if you've been praying for someone for a long time, maybe maybe even decades, to not give up. Keep asking. Keep asking that the Lord will influence them. Never pray in a way where you try to control somebody's will. The Lord will will not bless that. The the Lord will not answer that prayer. We're not ones that seek to overpower people's will, but we do pray that their hearts would be drawn and softened and influenced, that their eyes would be opened, that blindness would be lifted, and that they would see Jesus and their hearts would be stirred in want to follow him. So I want to encourage you to pray um, that the kingdom of God would come, especially over these next 10 days, and that that would mean that hundreds of thousands of people would come to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, The Thy Kingdom Come initiative that the Anglicans are running, they have a a, kind of a a specific way that you can really apply this. And they, they suggest that you consider five people in your life that you would love to see um, being introduced to Jesus. Uh, Think of five people and through the 10 days of thy kingdom come and beyond, uh, give yourself to pray for those five every day. Pray with compassion, pray with faith, pray with a confidence in the gospel and pray persistently. Um, I wanna also just introduce you to initiative that's happening in Canada and it's from the, the C2C Church Planting Network. And they encourage us all to take out our smartphone and set the alarm for ten, uh, t- or two minutes past 10, so 10.02. Um, you could do this in the morning or the evening, but I would suggest the morning um, because that's when everyone else is doing it. So at 10.02, there should be a little alarm that goes off And that alarm will remind you of the scripture verse of Luke 10, verse 2, where Jesus is saying, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest. And so when that alarm goes off on your smartphone, um, then you can turn to to prayer and pray for, for the proclamation of the gospel in Canada or whatever nation you're in. Let that be a, a daily reminder, a call to prayer. Just have to, doesn't have to be a long prayer, but just posture yourself in prayer and step into prayer and say, "Lord, send forth laborers uh, in in my neighborhood, in my community, in my nation, in my in my city." Um, pray for the laborers to go forth, and so let's join in on some of these initiatives. These are easy things that all of us can do, and. Um, what a great day to be praying and what a what an exciting day to be a part of such a, a wonderful global initiative. Hallelujah. All right, so we're done for today and I just want to give you an alert for our next episode. What can you expect next time? In two weeks, we're going to be coming to you and we're going to be exploring this idea of why now. <laughs> why now? Um, and so I'm going to look at what what is happening in the body of Christ uh, globally that has set the stage for the Lord's prayer to come front and center again? What is going on prophetically? What's going on? What are the trends that are happening? Why now? And so I hope you'll join us uh, next time. But, um, Yeah, just so delighted to see all the good things that God's doing. And I hope that that today's episode was an encouragement and a blessing to you.